0: everyone and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with
1: Frankie Bell on the drums and Beans.
0: We should say the award winning Dark to Light podcast, Frank.
1: Yes, that's all you though. It... And it's it's well deserved, but there, but all you.
0: Um, the... This is pretty crazy. I want to thank the people who nominated. I know that Sharon and, and Adam in the audience and Sharon with Uncovered DC nominated me for... An Ion Award. The Ion Award is Cheryl Atkinson's, um award for the for investigative and original news reporting. And while I did not win one of the three top slots, we got Brianna Morello up there, well deserved from Emerald Robinson's uh, production, well deserved win for her coverage of the January sixth um, abuses that are going on. But here we are down in honorable mentions, alongside Jay Bhattacharya, Brooke Conrad at the National Desk, and Rav Aurora. Um, And we have a little paragraph, but we're we're here. Tracy Beans, editor-in-chief of an investigative journalist at Uncover DC, the dark-to-light podcast for Missouri v. Biden in-depth coverage. That's great. And it says Tracy Beans is recognized for in-depth coverage of the landmark Missouri v. Biden case brought by the Attorney General of Missouri and Louisiana. Other than Beans reporting, the case has received far less media attention than it deserves, considering that it has granted historic court decisions. For the first time, federal courts have said the White House, the FBI and other federal agencies and their occupants have engaged in unconstitutional censorship by colluding with social media to suppress inconvenient speech and even censoring statements true statements. Um, freaking awesome. Like I never, ever, ever thought I would be an award-winning investigative journalist.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's a new world. There's a new standard of, of awards and recognition. And, uh, you know, it really just, I think that's, that's great to it be, to be recognized like that is awesome.
0: It felt nice. And here yeah. it is the tweet. And then not only that, <laughs> we have on screen right now, a picture of Adam Carter carter adam carter sent there was a an event that i did where i i was up on stage um and he photoshopped the lamp from it's a wonderful um not from it's a wonderful life christmas story yes christmas story into the photo and said congrats on the major award
1: It's a major award. It, I won it.
0: Somebody, all the people underneath are, are like, watch out. It looks like it's fragile. Eh? Yeah. And, it must
1: be Italian.
0: <laughs> that movie is the best.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is.
0: And then with not to be the way that the circumstances all ran through, Frank, not to be just as serendipitous as ever, the Fifth Circuit came back. So remember we talked about how... So. The Fifth Circuit ruled in favor of the temporary injunction banning the government from talking with these social media companies to censor from the FBI, the CDC, the Surgeon General and the White House, right? And we had that long conversation about how CISA wasn't included and how that was a bad thing. And then the government appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court put a stay said, bring me your arguments. They brought the arguments and and the states of Missouri and Louisiana were like, this is all premature. We're going to appeal and ask for reconsideration on the CISA portion of things. So the Supreme Court let their stay expire and let the case kind of fall off their, their radar. The Missouri and Louisiana went back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and said, hey, you guys may have made an error in not including CISA. Please reconsider this. They did. And yesterday, re-amended re-am- their order to include CISA in the temporary injunction, which is huge. That is huge. Like everybody underneath, some of the people who are just fed up with everything, and I totally understand it, are like, "Well, they're not going to listen to it anyway." But but that that's imp- that's not true. Like. Will they be looking for an, uh, a workaround? I'm sure they will. Yeah. However, however, they're going to be an ongoing discovery throughout this process. And Missouri and Louisiana, Bailey and Landry have both told me in interviews that they will file contempt motions and that judge will grant them. He will. if they. That will mean people will go to jail if they try and meddle with this. I'm telling you this is, Never do I ever speak like this about anything, Frank. And from the beginning, I've been speaking like this about this case. There will be no skirting of this order from the Fifth Circuit. And if the SCOTUS, because they're going to appeal again, the government will appeal again, saying we need to censor people because we're the government. And the SCOTUS will either decide to leave the Fifth Circuit ruling as it is and not weigh in at all, or they will weigh in and reaffirm it. There is no chance The supreme court i can't say no there is a slim to no chance that the supreme court will come in over the fifth circuit after all of this and the record and say no actually you're wrong reverse it all it's just not happening it's not so one of the two is going to happen
1: well it's great to see that kind of movement on it uh because you know uh, we we do our own investigations and we kind of put people on trial ourselves because we feel like there's there's very little going in our favor elsewhere uh on the internet but of course there's no weight behind all of our work there's weight behind this so it's good to eh?
0: it's awesome see good.
1: something move yeah especially you know if we can have anything preserved anything preserved even for a little while longer going forward it is uh speech
0: it's yeah everything yes and um and the the chat is full of a Christmas story. <laughs> All the lines that are coming out, people are sharing and making me laugh. <laughs> They're so funny. So it's great news. Obviously, I will continue following it. I'm thinking about starting a, like, fund Tracy to go to trial thing so that I can go and live there for the weeks that this trial will be ongoing and, and be in the courtroom every single day. It is, like, almost mandatory. I will probably take out a second loan on my house to do it i will go yeah. i will walk there i will document myself biking to louisiana you should do it to see this trial you should do it yeah so it's not going to be for a while but next real quick before we get into the house chaos which is very chaotic dr cole you know ryan cole the pathologist Who started talking about all the cancer he was seeing on young people in his laboratory he is the biggest forensic dude and i forget what state he's in okay they're going after his medical license now oh of course and dr cole has been all over the world talking about everything that he knows humble guy all of the docs that i've become close with say nothing but amazing things about him he's just a good guy and he apparently needs help right now because he's lo- he's he's in ridiculous amounts of debt, like defending himself against all this just for speaking out about what we all know now to be sadly very true. And um, he has a fundraiser. I'm going to put in the show notes just if you can to give him a little money to try and help him out because these people risked their entire careers on and and were were the few. That's he was one of the few that stood up and said listen guys there's a problem here early early on um so I will do anything I can to help with that because I mean the the testimonials about him do not lie um so I'll share that below Okay All right Of
1: course <laughs> it's not it's not out of the ordinary to see a doctor um have his uh livelihood taken away for uh, m- making observations and giving an opinion so- <laughs> It's just incredible.
0: I I can, like, that's what I was on the phone with a friend last night, probably most of the night, because things just kept happening. And I said, it's almost impossible to even get incensed anymore because everything is so unbelievably ridiculous. It's comical. If you were to like, we played yesterday on the, the on the fun show, which Viv joined me for, by the way, a clip of a guy who was in a hospital room wakes up from a coma. He's been in a coma since 2019 early and it's 2022 when he wakes up and the doctor's sitting on the edge of the bed trying to explain to him all of what's happened in those few years
1: I remember this Yep.
0: and it's so absurd Frank to listen to like if you had gone to sleep in 2019 and woke up in 2022 you'd be like he he has to go back into a coma and the doctor's like I'm gonna come with you (laughs) but that's how ridiculous it all is
1: I remember they did I don't know if it's the same people, but they did a uh, similar skit prior to 2016, Uh, prior to Donald Trump's election and everything, just how, how drastically things had changed from 2014 or 15 to, I mean, I don't know if maybe it's the same skit, but yeah, the last eight years has been, has been humanity changing.
0: Yeah. And then one more funny thing before we get into all the clips and everything else, Frank, Mark Dice, dude. Did you see this? What Mark Dice did yesterday? No. I'm gonna play it. This there was a shooting in more in, in um Baltimore at Morgan State University. This is not to trivialize the shooting at all, okay? It is to expose the utter ridiculousness of legacy media who will capitalize on things like this to screw people over. Well, this is this is actually this call, right? We're about to listen to is Mark Dice, who pretended to be someone who had information about the shooting, that Fox News didn't bother to verify, vet, anything, just let him on air. And this is what he said.
2: And we've got Tyrone on the phone with us now. Tyrone, when you say "purple game, what exactly happened? What transpired?
3: Well, first we were watching, we all get together every Tuesday night, and we
1: watch Tucker Carlson's show on X. We used to watch him on Fox News. Obviously, he's not there no more. Mm-hmm. And still being the most credible guy in the media in America, we always get together to watch Tucker Carlson. And think he's doing probably better now that he's not with Fox News because the corporate <laughs> media always controls what yeah. the teleprompter readers are able to say. And now he doesn't you, have Tyler. that hand. Thank you, can can
2: we Maybe we can work to get Don back on the phone, Tracy. We can get that. Clearly, that was not a student at Morgan State University. Uh, <laughs> Clearly,
0: it's not a now, student. No, look. Look. He says, yeah, that was me who culture jammed Fox News live on air. While shootings of any kind are terrible and it's important to inform the public about a potential danger, cable news always exploits tragedies in order to keep viewers glued to their screens and fill the airtime with anything available to them. In this case, some random caller whose name and identity they didn't even bother to verify before putting on air as someone who supposedly knows what really happened.
1: Yeah and you know and, and and you know that they they took the oh Tyrone he's a black guy yep. bring him on it, it's it's just like oh this is gonna be great a black person a black student calling into a fox show this shows that we have a you we, we have a you know an in with uh diverse audiences so you know it's it just it's great because it's the uh it exposes the very shallow decision making uh the production choices by by Fox thinking that they're going to they're gonna uh show off just just how many people they they reach
0: one more thing i it's busy today like super busy this came across i had to share this i don't know if any of you guys out there know who kat von d is do you know who kat von d is
1: yeah the uh the tattoo artist i heard she just got baptized she
0: she did and it was beautiful and she was on you know she said um I don't know if any of you have been going through changes in your lives right now, but the last few years I've come to some pretty meaningful realizations, many of them revolving around the fact that I got a lot of things wrong in my past. In 2020, Kat revealed she was abused at the Provo Canyon School in Utah, same school where Paris Hilton fell victim and exposed her traumatic experience she says thank you paris Hilton, for giving me the courage to share about being locked up for half a year without ever seeing the sun at provo canyon school in utah i spent those six traumatic months of my teenage years only to leave with major ptsd and other trauma due to the unregulated unethical and abusive protocols of this quote school but here she is let's watch her get it's beautiful oh.
1: So is this a uh, it, it, is this a congregation just for all ex goths?
0: I don't know, but it looked like it, didn't it?
1: <laughs> there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of tattoos. Well, I mean, I mean, here I, I am, but I, there's a very specific goth look to everybody.
0: I cried when I watched it the first time. I did. I, I'm happy. I'm happy for. Her. It brought like such emotion to me to see. It was beautiful. And I, good for her. It's all happening a lot, by the way, all over the place. Just letting you know.
1: You know, uh Lauren and I, um, soon uh may be uh renewing our, our vows.
0: Me and because Will have talked about this for so long.
1: Well we're we're um we're only married, you know, five years, but you know, we weren't married in a church and I I uh I talked to a few priest friends of mine and I, I wanna I start I wanna start receiving communion again. I wanna take part in the sacraments. Oh, so you are, and mm. and I'm not If if I have, uh, you know, just by the merit of the rules, it's almost going to be like an interfaith marriage, though, because, you know, if Lauren ever wants to become Catholic, that's on her uh, one day. But uh, she is she's more on the Protestant side of things. After her first communion, her mother left the church, took her with her. And so she's Christian, but she's not Catholic. And the way that that me just for me, I want to I want to just keep going deeper and deeper into it so this is something i looked into and it's actually pretty simple and we're looking into that but uh this is a much more of a big life change for someone like kat von d i'm sure that that has shaken up a lot of her old school fans because you you can probably imagine that uh like oh no we lost one to those crazy bible thumpers
0: well i just to let you know like the other day viv came into my office and she's like mom I want to get re-baptized and I'm like okay let's do it sounds good to me I'm excited about that I'm like good for you Viv because I we we had our our children baptized and and we we've you know it's it's a complicated story but basically they've been they've been finding their own path and that's the way I kind of I wanted them to find what resonates best what different portion of that religion, you know, resonates best with them for them. And Viviana has has settled down into hers and she's she's ready to.
1: Well, you know, there, there's there's certain things I think that it's um, it's very it's necessary for parents to do on behalf of their children when they don't have. They don't have the ability to make choices mm-hmm. like uh, in it, it. It's a traditionally Christian thing that parents can bless their children it's not as it's not as you know it's just it's as valid a blessing as anything else uh you can baptize your children in the um you know in in a pinch uh whatever and but there's there's things you can do to fortify and protect a child's soul and but in the meantime, well, as they grow up, they do become their own person and then they can make their own choices and i think I think making choices over again on your own
4: mm-hmm.
1: only valid only really strengthens what, what the, the kind of foundation that's been laid by uh your parents and your guardians prior to your your coming of age so it's uh it, it's i i like that i like doing things on behalf of the children to to protect their souls at the at, at first and then what what viv is doing that's that's a wonderful sign that she's taking ownership over herself
0: yeah I was really excited. And you know, her friend just did the same thing and it they didn't come to the decisions together. Like Viv decided that like, it, it wasn't like they were like, let's just go get back. It wasn't like a, a clicky thing, um, especially nowadays, but it's exciting and it's happening a lot. So as we sit in our sadness and peril all the time, know that God is working across the land. He sure is. So that's good. Now let's get into this crap. I have a bunch of clips of Matt gates that I want to play they're all about a minute and a half two minutes long from his floor speeches yesterday in the house I want to play them because I have a very important point to make about all of it um and I'm sure you have stuff to say too Frank
1: well not too much but
0: so I want to
2: put I have I have I have thoughts
0: yeah so we'll play these and we'll we'll talk about them after but
2: Mr. Speaker, my friend from Oklahoma says that my colleagues and I who don't support Kevin McCarthy would plunge the House and the country into chaos. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think 33 trillion in debt is chaos. I think that facing a $2.2 trillion annual deficit is chaos. I think that not passing single-subject spending bills is chaos. I think the fact that we have been governed in this country since the mid-90s by continuing resolution and omnibus is chaos. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is a series of reforms to this body that I would hope would outlast Speaker McCarthy's time here, would outlast my time here, and would outlast either of our majorities. Reforms that I have heard some of the most conservative members of this body fight for and some of the reforms that we've been battling for that I've even heard those in the Democrat caucus say would be worthy and helpful to the House, like open amendments, like understanding what the budget is. We have been out of compliance with budget laws for most of my life, most of many of your lives. And by the way, if we did those things, if we had single subject bills, if we had an understanding on the top line, if we had open amendments, if we had trust and honesty and understanding, there would be times when my conservative colleagues and I would lose, might be a few times when we'd win. There'd be times that we would form partnerships that might otherwise not be Uh, really predictable in the American body politic, but the American people would see us legislating. These last few days, we've suspended the momentum that we had established the week earlier.
0: So there's that. Can't disagree with anything he said. It's going to be a trend that I can't disagree with anything he said, like here.
2: Support Kevin McCarthy would plunge the House and the country into chaos chaos is speaker mccarthy chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word the one thing that the white house house democrats and many of us on the conservative side of the republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common kevin mccarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to i don't think voting against
0: so that's the beginning of what we just watched
1: Mm-hmm.
0: here
2: argument is that many of the bills he referenced as having passed are not law we are on a fast track to an omnibus bill and it is difficult to champion oversight when house republicans haven't even sent a subpoena to hunter biden so it's hard to make the argument that oversight is the reason to continue when it sort of looks like failure theater I yield such time as he may consume to my colleague from Arizona
1: <sighs> Hey, go. listen I, I uh, what he's talking about with the, the way that they legislate, the omnibus bills and all that stuff, it, it it had to start somewhere. If they were ever going to do anything that was healthy, how long does it last? You know, they have a slim majority in the House right now. What does a, an election cycle or two do to that? Um, if they can steal presidencies, can't they steal six random seats across the country? I mean, it, it's th- there's things like that that I, I think about all the time. But if you're ever going to make a change... Uh, it's got to start somewhere. Why not right now? Uh, I mean, is it just bad that they're doing this to Kevin McCarthy? Or should they have done it to the next guy, no. the last guy? You know, it, so that's number one. I, I don't care. I I ult- ultimately, I'm just happy that they ruined Kevin McCarthy's career. I've had enough of people like him, and I and I think it's pretty badass that uh, that a handful of people in the face of the majority the majority of them in Congress. I mean, that that's pretty badass to put your your uh, your feet down and and root yourself and just do something. Um, and and I also love how I don't know. I, it, it it's very simple for me as far as just making a statement.
0: I love I like everything it. that he did. I don't love the fact that he has no plan. They don't even know who they're going to replace him with. They have no idea.
1: Zero I, plan.
0: Zero plan. No plan. No plan before no plan. He had a lot of time to come up with a the plan. There is well, no you, plan. How do you
1: know? Well, AD A I don't I that wouldn't even be a a thing that I would I don't even care about a plan as long as there's stalemate and, and confusion.
0: All you need it, is a few of the moderate members of the Republican party to vote with Democrats for Hakeem Jeffries, and you have a Democrat speaker of the house with a slim majority on the Republican side.
1: Well, if that's, if if, if It that's almost happened what, last time. If that's what Republicans are willing to show to the, the country, that they're willing to put Hakeem Jeffries in there uh, or something like that, then that's totally on them as well. I mean, the, the mirror has been held up to the party at this point. It held it right up. So if they do that, then uh, with this opportunity, then that's another that's another. Uh, that's another straw on the, on the back of the camel. But um, I I don't know. It just at this point, I think one of the greatest threats to the country is Congress. So I would love to see them locked in in uh, unending stalemate, at least for the last year. Um. The last year of this congress being assembled so, so you're
0: so basically like what will end up happening is we'll send another 100 trillion dollars to ukraine because there won't be any way to stop it at all at all um if that's a, if you're like all right whatever who cares burn it all down who gives a crap at this point then that's okay i mean if that's but you a-
1: see in a in, a, in a in an american government that is functioning properly uh, a Congress in stalemate means there's no money going anywhere. Well, yeah, but that's the, the, not
0: that's not where we're at. And they know that. They know right.
1: that. right? So, so uh, again, what does it matter? I what's just, going on in Congress I, I right now? I just want
0: them to have a replacement ready. And they have no idea. They don't have any clue. Now, there are people being brought up. Now, do I personally think that we're going to end up with the Democrat speaker? No but you can't be sure. And if you're gonna make a massive political move like this from a strategic perspective, you would better have an effing plan. I agree with everything that Gates has said. And I agree that McCarthy hasn't done what he promised. And I am not on, I'm not anti-Gates in this case, I'm not. I'm just like watching this and having been involved at a small level in things like this. If you do not have a plan, what your best laid intentions are never end up being what ends up happening i don't i don't disagree with the eight republicans who voted against mccarthy i i mean i think they made their decisions the way they made them
1: Um, how do you know that there is no there's there's no sense of direction from here though like has that been established in like an interview that they just don't know because or is, of, or do you think that he could just be holding they can just be holding their cards closer to their chest?
0: I, I thought about that um myself, uh, but I don't think that that's the case, just given the haphazard lists that have been talked about, the fact that we're taking a week off and he's like, no. um the 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 whole Trump discussion, like, I'll skip ahead a little bit. I have hold on. And the background, by the way, here is here.
1: now sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And <laughs> I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the
4: short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed anyway.
0: listen. Donald Trump is the reason McCarthy was elected speaker in the first place.
1: Yeah, I mean, his support was behind him, no doubt.
0: It was him who was brokering deals via telephone on the House floor when all this happened. It's because of him that McCarthy was chosen. And we can talk all day long, like I know that everybody's all anti Mark Levin right now, but you got to understand the background of what's been going on here. They, they, There's a stalemate with a slim majority in Congress. There's a stalemate. And all of this is just, all of this is just, what Mark Levin is saying here is true. Whether or not you agree with him or his perspective on things, what he's saying here is true. I'm just going to read it. He says Gates repeatedly lied yesterday during the debate. I don't know if that's true. And then, of course, simultaneously was fundraising and collecting email lists on behalf of the people. Now, before we get into that, I want to play what he said about
2: here. I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have... Oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and 30 dollars at a time. And you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve.
0: He swore off taking any PAC money or any lobbyist money, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, I guess. Um, But I think that there's, and good for him. I don't disagree with anything he's saying. Like, don't get me wrong here. Don't get it twisted, people. I really don't. But there's a personal aspect of this for him. Um, He's under several ethics investigations. Why, I don't know. Whether or not the things are true, I don't know. Apparently, he has asked McCarthy to stop those. McCarthy said he wouldn't do it. There's a personal kind of saber rattling between the two. Now he's gone. I just, there's a couple of pieces out in Politico today. Jim Jordan is entertaining a speakership bid. For me, after seeing what he's done with the weaponization committee, I don't have, I'm not a big fan of Jim Jordan's anymore. It's all been theater. I know a lot of the people who have been whistleblowing. It's theater. It's theater. It's a it's a committee for Fox News hits. That's what it is. I'm sorry. So my confidence in Jordan has dropped significantly personally. And then Steve Scalise, who's actually apparently interested. Now I would support Scalise a hundred percent. He's also undergoing cancer treatment right now. So I'm not sure if that's factoring into. It's a hard job to be Speaker, and you need to negotiate with the other side to be Speaker of the House. That's the whole point of the job. So if somebody wants a Speaker who will not walk over to the other side and say, hey, this is what we want to do. How do we get there? Then you're not, there's never... You need concessions from here. There's more than you know. There, there's a, a large swath of Democrats who just voted yesterday with eight Republicans to oust McCarthy as Speaker. Of course, they did. Why wouldn't they? Do? Yeah,
1: like- I know. <laughs> there's some people expressing confusion about that. It's just like why? And they're like, well, yeah, but he was he was such a good Speaker of uh, as far as being able to give Democrats whatever they the want. hell they want. I said, yeah. Well, listen, I'm, my, they they get their money no matter what. That, so that's number one. But you wanted, but. You know, the Uniparty has its own little culture, but especially the Democrat end of the pool. They thrive on dysfunction to a jump on an opportunity that that takes out a Republican House representative and to feed into a what can be the optics of uh, of chaos to tie up tie up that party with figuring out who's going to be the new speaker and then embarrassing new rounds of who's going to be accepted, who's going to be rejected. I mean, it this just gives them an opportunity to go on MSNBC every night and uh, and, you know, talk from, you know, from a snooty point of view where lo- they're looking down at the 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 lowly uh, insect like behavior of the Republicans Uh, You know, as you know, from their high perch. I mean, this is all optics. They love dysfunction. So, of course, they're going to feed into it and and take whatever opportunities they can.
0: You can bring anybody in to be speaker. Literally, it doesn't have to be a uh, congressperson. I know. This this floored both of us yesterday, Frank. Just in, temporary House Speaker Patrick McHenry has ordered Nancy Pelosi to vacate her office the speaker's office that she refused to leave and McCarthy wouldn't make her leave by Wednesday she was still in the damn speaker's office this whole time
1: you see now this and, and I, I, as you pointed out in the pre-show this became the uh, the basis for what is probably the biggest tweet of my life <laughs> but uh, but it I, it wasn't a joke it was really uh, all i had asked was a really sincere question you're telling me that for the last year, Nancy Pelosi has been squatting in the Speaker's office and no one did anything. This is not even about Kevin McCarthy. No, There's 400, 435 members of the House and nobody from either side said it is inappropriate for her to still be occupying this office. How is it that this is the first time we even heard this reported? Is it the first time?
0: It is for me, yes. And then there's another, there's a follow-up tweet with, with a photo update. Picture tonight outside of former Speaker Pelosi's office. Her staff is actually moving her out of the Speaker's office. She refused to vacate as demanded by the temporary Speaker and outcome things. Now, I don't know. I can't confirm that's Nancy Pelosi's big television coming out of there, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If this were 100% true, because this is the way we take it in the behind all the time. <laughs> so to close on this topic, which I just wish there were a plan. Here is Matt Gates, real quick on a space last night talking about see- whether or not he even knew he'd have the votes before he did this. Here he is. People such as um, Nancy Mace, who is considered a moderate, even possibly more more towards being an independent. Let's let's stop that for a second. That person doesn't know what they're talking about with Nancy Mace being a moderate. Yes, she goes on television and she panders to the left pretty frequently. Go look at her voting record. She's a, a representative from my state of South Carolina. She votes conservative more than many people, many, many people in Congress. She lives in, she represents Charleston which is a Democrat a Democrat stronghold in the state of South Carolina. Um, she just, she took the seat back from a Democrat. So when he went to run for governor here in the state, Joe Cunningham, she took the seat back. She was, It was a rough primary against Katie Arrington for her here in South Carolina, but she is not an independent or a moderate. This person has no effing clue what they're talking about. Go look at her vote, especially on fiscal stuff go look at some of her stuff that she says in committee yeah she says all the rainbow stuff and all the things but she doesn't vote that way okay so everybody just understand that going into it but here we go and she's voted your way I guess I have two questions a did you know you had the votes before you went ahead today or was this something that you just took to the floor and then it happened
2: well, I'd spoken to Nancy Mace uh, leading up to this, and I, and I knew that she was going to listen to the debate closely and she was going to get feedback from her constituents. And at the end of the day, I think she drew from her own experiences. Like Nancy Mace, for whatever you think about Nancy Mace, uh, she is a fiscal hawk. There's no disputing that. And to vote for the debt limit deal that she did not want to vote for, uh, uh, it, it, the procedural votes and everything like that on, on Limit Save Grow, she got a commitment that she that legislation to have a balanced budget amendment would come to the floor and kevin just never fulfilled it never laid out a plan to fulfill it. she repeatedly asked him what the plan was anything and he just blew her off and you know she cares about the national debt and so i think that you know motivated her a great deal Uh, i did not know how it was going to go i think i closed my final remarks by saying that Most things in the House of Representatives are predetermined. You already have the script ready for whether or not it's going to pass or fail because there's nothing that's a surprise anymore. But uh, I did not know whether or not the Democrats were going to still be there. Right. I mean, I, I I was worried that after hearing Republicans talk for an hour, there might just be some Democrats that were like to hell with it. We're leaving. We just got covid. We're out of here. And uh, it could change the denominator. I also knew that there were some people who were voting against the uh, motion to table who might vote the other way on the motion to vacate Uh, people who didn't believe that Kevin McCarthy deserved removal, but who also thought it was a bitch move. For McCarthy to say, bring it on and, you know, file the effing motion. Well,
0: look, somebody is talking about Chip Roy in the chat. What about him? Saying that he's, he said he likes being a rhino. Chip Roy is not a rhino. This is the thing you guys have all forgotten what rhino actually means. And it's thrown around like some weird term that everybody's used to blanket somebody they have a disagreement with or they don't like. It's ridiculous. Chip Roy is not a rhino. He was mocking the people that call him a rhino. Let me play this for everybody because this is this was something that I heard yesterday and I actually was like, damn, here we go. Listen to- Damn, listen, son. Wait. And I'm about to j- Listen to, ch- 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 to Chip Roy yesterday on Steve Dace's show. Everybody doesn't like Chip Roy now because he's supporting DeSantis for president and this is where we are. Yesterday, Trump tweeted out or truthed out, why do Republicans always fight Republicans instead of the, the other side? I, I don't even want to start to talk about that one <laughs> because it's like, we're in a primary right now where everybody is warring with each other on a level that I have never experienced before during primary time at... Calling people names that they don't, it's calling people, mm, I'm just gonna stop. But here, listen to what Chip Roy had to say and everyone can come to their own conclusion.
4: Honestly, I'm losing interest, just collectively. And I'm about to just get thee to a nunnery and just, you know, go full on Billy Graham and you all figure, I don't care. I, I am reaching the point, I'm paid to care, I don't care. It, it's getting harder to make me care. This is a joke. It's rudderless, and it seems as if we want to sell each other talking points that actually produce any form of substantive victory whatsoever. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, you talked about a circle of uh, your, your description, of uh, pleasure. Um, I, I know what you're doing there. Uh, I would also argue that, uh, you know, some of our brothers and sisters, particularly in the uh, – you know, uh, MAGA camp, I think, uh, particularly enjoy the circular firing squad. You want to come at me and call me a rhino? You can kiss my ass. Look, I've spent a lifetime fighting for limited government conservatism. I have laid it all on the line. I have not seen my family, but for two days in the last 30 days, you go around talking your big game and you thumping your chest on Twitter. Yeah, come to my office, and come out a debate, mother. You know why? Because I'm standing up for this country every single day. And Steve, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go to a nunnery because there were people who were buried over in Normandy who deserve us to stand up for what they fought for. So that's what I'm going to do. And all of you out there who are out there saying what you're saying out on social media, you stick it. I'm going to go down to the floor and do my job. And I'm going to stand up for the people who fought for this country. And I'm going to do it the way I think is right for the people that I represent. That's what I think. I think that sums up a way a lot of people think, brother. I I do so
0: I mean it got it got more heated. I will actually share the clip for people in the show notes this is this is getting absurd. It really is getting absurd. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing is getting absurd, and I'm just sitting back like it's all burning down. It's all burning down. Let's see where the, the where the ashes figure out where they're gonna settle and and I don't even, this is this is i
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and it's only uh, we're only getting started. Yeah. So I I don't know. Well, I guess the best thing to do is just to uh, hang out and watch what happens next, because um, you know, but wh- whether it be all of the uh, the arrests that we weren't going to be the ones putting the the handcuffs on people, or or what the next moves in the House of Representatives are. Uh, I mean, just from from the, from the aspect of closing out 2023, you know this is just the this is just the 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 last chapters of relative peace for all the craziness going on right now. This is the last moments of relative peace. I, I I'm curious as to how much they're going to allow us to enjoy the holidays before what will be an onslaught all year next year. I'm just I'm curious. It's gonna you know, be we-
0: insane. Just everybody get ready for it. There's not going to be a day of rest. It's just going to keep going. Um. <laughs> by, by the way, Frank. Yeah. There are 18,000 jobs available to asylum seekers and migrants in New York. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: Good. We got to get these people working and uh, and paying into the American dream as, as fast as possible, because, of course, there's. You can never send them back. No. How could you ever do that?
0: No. We've talked about this. There's no way. Here.
1: Welcome to Hot Bread Kitchen.
0: No, I'm not going to play that. Screw her. I'm not doing it. She's terrible. Gosh, she's terrible. Ugh. This is, I just wanted to bring this up for everybody. So the, the Trump case, the civil case in New York is ongoing, right? This is, this is ridiculous what's happening but this is a clip of the judge from that case from a lecture he gave in 2015 to a bunch of law students and i just want i had a did i send it there was a funny thing that someone did because cameras were allowed in the courtroom for just a few minutes the other day and the judge was yucking it up for his minute in the spotlight along with everybody i saw i saw that they put the front the um the full house theme song behind it did you see that yeah I, I have to find that and play it for people. It's pretty funny, but this doofus here, listen to what this judge, this is a judge.
3: Now, I'm gonna say something controversial, even though I'm being taped. Oh. Juries get it wrong a lot. That's my own opinion. I do only civil trials, personal injury cases, contract disputes, but I've had situations where like, oh my, my heaven's sake, how could they have thought that? Well, I have a, um, I have a tool that I can deal with that. It's called jury notwithstanding the ver- judgment notwithstanding the verdict. I can say there is no possible way that a reasonable jury would have reached that conclusion. And all right, am I following the law or am I making law? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm following law. I'm I'm an impartial referee, but it's hard to. Factor out my own emotions. And I have tools. Somebody can say, well, Your Honor, you have to throw out this case because it's just like another case. Well, is it just like another case? What if the defendant was wearing a red sweater instead of a blue sweater? Oh, and and by the way, I worked for the Columbia Daily Spectator for a couple of weeks. What happened was I went there every day. sucking your teeth. And I wrote a few stories. One I got criticized no, I can't. on because i Wait. wrote that some uh, klu klux klaners had murdered some people and and i was told you can't say that how do we know you aren't there well that was what everybody thought but anyway the yeah we the only thing that would unique. make
1: this worse is if he was eating a bowl of cereal while he was talking <laughs> about this <laughs> this is why I you feel stopped like he stopped
0: listening to savage isn't it
1: I, 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 this is this is almost like this is almost as grating as that that scene in uh, in kingpin when uh, Woody Harrelson is eating the cereal. I'm really sorry uh, it's
0: bothering you so much, but I want people to hear what this doofus is saying.
1: Oh, I know, that's what makes it worse. (laughs) That's what makes it
3: worse.
0: (laughs) I won't finish it just to save you.
3: No, 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 keep going.
0: Are you
4: sure? I don't want to.
3: go, go ahead. What if we defame somebody? Um, That's how it usually comes up. You know, you call somebody a murderer or a heroin addict, that sort of thing, a pedophile. If it's oh, he done should, in court, he know yeah, about I that. think we should have absolute immunity.
0: It, 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 he just basically said, he, oh, this is how this guy conducts himself in a courtroom. Ah. I'm. I really can't take my emotions out of it, so I do use them to make my decision. Are you serious, dude?
1: Right. I. Yeah. I, I'm a. I'm a. An unbiased arbiter of justice. But you know what? Uh, juries are babies. It's a group of. It's pretty much like a, a. A pool of babies. They are not adults. They're not as informed or as wise as I am. So they make mistakes. And when they do something that I think is egregiously wrong, I have ways to correct them. And I mean, this is something that should recuse him from all trials, not even just Donald Trump's. This is a this is someone who should never be allowed to preside over a courtroom.
0: I got to I got to find this clip.
1: A perfect reflection of the um, of the leftist ethos.
0: It's just Just
1: all 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 emotion, all theater. I got it. Uh, This is a. Twisted twat of a man.
0: <laughs> that's a great. That's a great way to explain him. I found the clip that I was talking about. I'm gonna. If you're not watching um the show live. Hold on, here it is. It's pretty funny. Here we go. perfect it was perfect
1: yeah like oh oh there's a there's a uh that's it there he is (laughs) that's just like uh can you imagine him i when i look at him the first day i don't know why when i look at people like this judge the first thing i think about are the christmas parties that he's invited to the holiday parties the winter festivals (laughs) that uh that this guy you know he he shows up to somebody's house in his stupid little bow tie and um and just you know sits around with his legs crossed all night and and swilling something and you know making just making terrible uh leftist small talk i i i can just oh the worst parties the worst christmas parties ever he's
0: jewish i think isn't he
1: Oh, yeah, but he'll still, he'll still show up. I'm going to my Gentile friend's house.
0: <clears throat> I have this thread to end the show today about public school in California. I thought you might be interested in this one. It's from someone called Ditch, Dissident Teacher. Here's how you know public school is dead. I had dinner with an old teacher friend the other day. She's noticeably exhausted. She tried not to talk shop, but kept drifting back. Several students popped up repeatedly in her narrative. The stories were all the same at root. These kids have storied pasts. Nothing the school tries changed their behavior in any way. They've held multiple interventions following their MTSS, meaning whatever plan they put in place for these kids. Multiple professionals are involved, counselors, psych, speech language, pathologists, teachers, and principals. Every teacher seems to be following the discipline protocol at the site, given the records in the student system. The paper side is filled out and sent home. This takes a significant chunk of time out of my friend's day, as well as her colleagues. Parent dutifully signs every behavior report that's sent home. Kid returns to them, returns them to the issuing teacher. But clearly, parents have a, quote, let them eat cake attitude towards the school. Other than signing the form, the kids' behavior at school is not their problem. And yet disruptions to every class continue, costing 30-plus other kids incalculable amounts of learning. The behavior behavior slips keep getting sent home. Parents keep signing and returning them. The interventionists intervene and have long quasi-therapeutic sessions with the child. Right now you're thinking, just kick the brats out. Logical, except the school can't. All of this madness is mandated. Suspensions are strongly discouraged by the state, but irrelevant since California has outlawed suspensions for defiance, which means no expulsions either. Once a child, one child in a class of 500 gets a huge proportion of support, even though there is no follow-up at home, effectively undermining any intervention on site to the detriment of the other students in her classes and the one who see the impotence and injustice in the system. If you think the kids don't notice, you've got another thing coming." they another think coming like me and Michael Pelka argued one day they see that rules don't matter they see there are no consequences they watch some students be privileged and babied while others who need help slowly drift out of reach because adults must attend to this one this would have once been an extreme case but now it's commonplace there are more and more of these kids all over the country because state and federal regulations give quote at-risk students feelings primacy over the learning of the bulk of the students Teachers are so exhausted managing behavior, they lower standards for everyone. Admin leans on teachers to the same end. They, too, are at their limit. Neither group can cope with brazen defiance, plus complaints from parents upset their well-behaved kid doesn't have an A. It's also a big reason why teachers as a body don't push back harder against lessons from outside actors peddling particular narratives teachers suspect may be harmful. They're tired of fighting. They're exhausted by the chaos of their day to day. And that's how the state creates an environment that places compliance over learning, privileging those who harm education over those who come to learn. There's only one way to win here and don't think it's spending a gazillion bucks to get into a good neighborhood. Those schools face the same regulations and they're bleeding enrollment, so they accept anybody's and increasingly those bodies come with all these issues. Nope. The answer is to remove your kid from any state funded institution. Their insane incentive system places the malefactors at the top of the priority list, burying students with the most potential in chaotic and sometimes violent low expectations classrooms. I know you think you're not qualified to help your child take an education, but you are. You are, have been, and always will be your child's first best teacher. You may think you don't have the time or the money, but sacrifices can be made. Your kid is worth it. So here's a former teacher saying, get that your, t- your kid the hell out of this farm for malfeasance.
1: Yeah. Get him out. Yeah. It's just one of those things.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and there's resources here. There's um a list. I'll put this in the show notes for everybody today. Um, Because you know when one or two kids in a class, like you've seen it. The videos, not the fake videos that have been propagated out there. The real videos of kids in class like beating their teachers up. I know. Well, are you going to want to go know. teach a class after your kid just assaulted you and destroyed you in the class? I mean.
1: I know. I and mean, then, it, it, you know, who are you replacing it with? you're replacing eventually you're just replacing bet good better quality teachers from from you know older generations uh, with teachers that are going in there with the mindset of I, I i need to be able to scrap and then it just becomes a it really just becomes a prison prison guard kind of a relationship uh, a little bit more formally yep you know a lot of people make these these uh comparisons of, of of prison of uh schools to prisons with the regimented schedules and and the you know it's just overly I don't know, I don't know for, for as for as progressive as education has gotten uh we know that progressive is not does not mean it's going to become free airy and fun it, it gets worse and worse. And to be able to hold that together, especially when you're you're all your teaching is emotionalism and and uh, and the people that are that are around you, it's all the same thing. You, it it just becomes the hand has to get heavier and heavier, so it's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, it it's reflective in police work a lot of times now too, uh, because there's really no you're dealing with less and less. I don't know, less socially conditioned people just in the streets, not even in a, a classroom setting. Which is why everything is just getting so violent.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, society is breaking down.
1: Well, yeah, well, it's just, it's something that you'd expect. Well,
0: what what, we're, we're, yeah, yeah.
1: You you just expect it when the conversations are, are, are this, this bad and this debased. But, uh, you know, it's going to break down in some places worse than others. So that's why, that's why just, just get involved in your community and, be good friends and neighbors and you you gotta incubate yourself a little bit
0: <laughs> buy guns and ammo if you can yeah
1: yeah yeah stay inside your house and
4: <laughs> create
1: create little create little uh no, what was it the, the little knocks it's, it's little openings you should drill little holes in your in your uh your your house so that you can put bows and arrows through <laughs> just completely fortify your house Missouri, make sure that the, world
0: is- the left was trying to take um archery and and training and stuff out of Missouri schools and A.G. Bailey went and sued the Biden administration over it.
1: Even they- archery? Yes! You know what's crazy? I had actually had a dream about bows and arrows last night. Really? Now that I think about it, I was I don't I, I forget the context but I was using bow and arrow to take people out. Good for you. There was, there was like a fight going on <laughs> and in this dream I was very proficient. And it was uh I I was I was taking people out.
0: I did archery one time. I have to find the photo of what happened to me. My arm what, what ha- my arm, my whole arm just bruised. To, like I just couldn't get it right. The arrow the 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 string kept on hitting me in the in the bicep. Every time I would release and I bruise the hell out of my arm like bad, I'll have to find the photo. Cause I'm a clown Is
1: that just bad technique? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. No one taught me. I just got up there and was like, I'm going to shoot this arrow a hundred times. And that's I think the... I have to
1: get myself an archery set.
0: Get yourself Then just start
1: using using the little, uh, the rounded when, tips.
0: When I play assassins, the, foam square. the bow is my favorite weapon. Just saying.
1: Go check it out anyway i gotta look into this
0: look into it become an archer yeah
1: when was the last time i ever I, I there's i don't think i've ever had an archery dream before and of course it comes up today and it actually reminded me about the dream
0: there you go it's a sign okay we'll be back on friday you guys have been listening to the dark delight podcast with
1: frankie val on the drums and beans
0: You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at uh, 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com, or in the morning live at 8.30 a.m. on Rumble, Getter, and on X. Frank is Monday through Friday at 7. I'm Tuesday and Thursday at 2 on Rumble, or also Frank is on QuiteFrankly.tv. Friday, we have an interview with Dr. Ken Berry. So everybody tune in on Friday. Super awesome. And uh, we'll see you then.
1: Nice. Later.